Today on Power Tips Unscripted, we talked to Tanya Bamford, Managing Director of our sister company, RA Marketing. You know, one of the most powerful sales tools you possess is your project photo gallery. But for most remodelers, it hides fallow, as Tanya puts it, on your website. Today, she's going to share how, with a little creativity, you can transform this underutilized tool into a lead-generating powerhouse. You are causing a major disturbance on my time. If I'm here and you're here, doesn't that make it our time? Hi, I'm Victoria Downing, president of Remodelers Advantage, and welcome to Power Tips Unscripted, where we talk tips, tactics, and techniques to help you build a strong, profitable remodeling company. And I'm here with my co-host, Mark Harari. Yeah, you are. So, hey, Mark, this is going to be fun, right? It's going to be a lot of fun because we're talking marketing. I know. Hey, well, you know, and even though it's been forever since I studied it, that was my first love in this business. So now I get to hear you guys talk about and take it to a whole new level. There's so much to take to levels mm-hmm. these days. You can't even keep track. I know it, which is why I'm very happy to hand it off to you guys, <laughs> especially now that we have our sister company, RA Marketing, get to work with Tanya even more. Yes. More often learning. It's very learning, exciting. Learning. Very mm-hmm. exciting. Mm-hmm. So shall we get started? Yes, let's do so. All righty. Tanya Bamford is the managing director of RA Marketing, our new sister firm serving the needs of the remodeling industry. Tanya has been helping remodeling companies prosper for the better part of the last decade as the owner of a boutique firm based in southeastern Pennsylvania. It was her work for two Remodelers Advantage clients that first brought Tanya to our attention. So, you know, again, we're excited. Tanya, welcome. We're delighted to have you. I'm so happy to be here. So, Tanya, Again, you get to talk marketing, you get to share some of your expertise, but today we're really going to focus in on one specific area of marketing, which I thought was really interesting. Now, the word fallow, what do you mean? What does that word mean to you, and how do we transform it? So fallow is a farming term, and what that means is farmers will often not only do they rotate crops, but a lot of times they'll leave a certain pastures fallow and they don't cultivate any crop there. They let that soil rest. And so it's not particularly productive during that time of rest. And I feel as if the project photo gallery has a a lot in common with a fallow pasture in that it is not being cultivated and it holds immense potential for our remodeling clients. And so I think that they need to recognize the potential that exists there and then harness that potential by telling a a really compelling success story. Well, so go into that a little bit more. Okay, so I'm I'm thinking about a website. There's photo galleries. There's beautiful photos there. Homeowners, if they're interested in the kitchens or the baths, they'll click. They'll go in. Why do you feel that so many are lying fallow? And what's the opposite of laying fallow? Well, you know, well... The opposite of laying fallow is to actually cultivate, you know, and harness the potential that exists there. And I think what happens so many times with remodelers is that they have this great asset and then they forget to connect the dots for the consumer to tell the story about that project and the success that it was for the client, how it resolved a problem or or transformed someone's life and the way they live in their home. 
that's a, a really important story to tell, especially for the prospects that are, that are coming to their website and trying to determine whether or not this particular company is a good fit for them, for them and their needs. So they, you know, in sales, a lot of times we talk about, you know, you need to connect the dots. You need, need to do the math for your clients, right? You have to tell them what is what they need to know in order to make that purchasing decision. And so by using those project galleries, taking those photos and telling more of a story with those photos about how you were able to meet the needs or even exceed the expectations of your clients, you're going to make uh, a much more compelling sales tool. In fact, when they call you, they're already going to have advanced through the sales funnel somewhat because they're already going to be convinced that you're the right firm for them. So Tanya, you just used the word story like eight different times in, in your description of Fallow. And I believe so much in storytelling. It's such a popular buzzword these days. Why do you think remodelers need to care about storytelling? By telling their stories about these projects. In other words, putting that customer in the center of a message about a project and the customer's experience in working with you, that will resonate with other consumers so much more than telling the story from their vantage point, you know, telling the technical details about a project. And, well, we had to remove a load-bearing wall here and install a beam. I mean, that's an important part of how you made something happen, but it's really not as meaningful to the consumer as as understanding how opening up that space changed their lives and made their lives easier. Mm -hmm. So it's really taking a look at these projects from a different standpoint, from the standpoint uh, and the perspective of the consumer and and really making it uh, something that other people will identify with and go, oh, okay, I can see myself, I can put myself in that situation and I want to have a similar experience working, working with, you know, a remodeling contractor so they can affect the same kind of change in my home. Now, you've worked on a lot of different websites. You've developed all sorts of marketing materials for various companies over the years. Can you give us an example? Like, can you like sort of recite what would what would a story sound like? What's a story that you might have developed in the past? So we recently uh, did a great job, I think. Well, not pat myself on the back here, but of telling a story about a project. It was a first floor renovation that one of our clients did for homeowners. I mean, they were a young family with three very young children, including an infant in the household. And one of their primary goals in starting this project was to improve the visibility in their first floor so that they could keep track of their little ones as they were (laughs) running around. And so we talk a lot about how this renovation and what we did in this renovation made that possible, improve the functionality and the visibility throughout their entire first floor, including into their backyard, which is where the, uh, the kids' play set was. So we uh, interviewed the homeowner and we incorporated you know, their goals for the renovation and their feedback about how it changed their life, and uh, as well as you know, how it, it really made their home their favorite place to be. And I think that that's a, a really great way of being able to convey, you know, the, the impact that this project had for them. But we, then we took that story and we didn't just, you know, we created a, a newsletter and it was distributed to our clients, past customers and other sources of referral. And we, then we also, you know, put the project on their website and we 
created a transformation video out of it, which is also great content for their YouTube channel that could also be shared in social media and was, and uh, also featured in a blog post. So there are all of these ways that you can take that set of project photos, you know, that would otherwise lay fallow on a website and really help to tell that story and then distributed across all of your different channels in a multimedia approach that's really going to pay dividends, big dividends in a lot of different ways. And there are so many different ways you'll benefit from that. Not only from the prospective consumer who's going to be viewing all of these story bits, but also uh, this is great content that helps to elevate your, your website in search. You can optimize the heck out of this type of content. And so it, it'll pay dividends on a, a lot of different levels, including you know, elevating your, your uh, exposure in organic search. Tanya, that's fantastic. I, I think a couple, there's a couple of things to unpack there. One of them being that I think you really got to the crux of it there where it's, it's really about the why and the why they're doing these things instead of the what. And I think that's what I've seen a lot as well. It's here's what we did. We changed this to that. We changed this to that. And Tanya, what you're illustrating there is just, who cares what you did? Why did you do it? And that's really what makes these guys really different. Don't you think? Yes. And so you know, it makes it more of an emotional appeal as well, which is what makes this a compelling story to the consumer. It's not cold and hard. I mean, I've seen a million granite topped islands out there. Why is this meaningful to me? You know, the cabinetry details, yet yeah, it, it all looks beautiful and lovely and nice. And uh, I admire the pretty pictures, but until I really understand how this helped the homeowner who is like me, I don't really, I don't really care that much. I mean, yes, you do pretty work, but it's not really compelling me to, to choose you over your competition. But when I start to learn the details about how you actually helped your client and that you, well, and that you even cared to find out how you helped your client and, and understand the end result was really something that satisfied them. So, you know, that's, that's really, I think, critical and something that is a missing part of so many of the remodelers' websites that I've seen. Mm-hmm. Well, so what are some of the pitfalls that remodelers should avoid when they're writing these stories and, and in their distribution and so on? I think that you need to make sure that you have permission uh, to use your client stories, probably the first one that you want to make sure that you have, you know, the copyrights, you own the copyrights to distribute the photos, you have permission from your client to use their name, and if not, don't use their name. Uh, but make sure that your client is comfortable with you telling their story. And if there are any details that they'd prefer that you leave out, then you should respect your client's wishes in that regard. But that this, you know, this is generally something in my experience that clients love because they get to show off their home to their friends in all of these different ways. So when we do newsletters featuring a project, that becomes a prestige item for them. Oh, wow, look, we're featured in this. Can I get extra copies? I'm going to share them with my friends. That happens all the time. And the same thing is true uh, when you feature them in a video and a blog article. And sometimes those get picked up by local media outlets and the glossy magazines will feature that same project because they're, impressed about it and impressed with the story you have to tell about it. So there, there are lots of different advantages. But in terms of um, pitfalls, yeah, I would say just, you know, making sure that you have the proper permissions in place in order to be able to use those and leverage those project photos. So you've talked a lot about the pitfalls, but also you've covered a lot of things to do. Are there other best practices that you might share with our listening audience? 
So a lot of times there are awards, you know, some of our remodeling clients take these photos specifically so they can submit it for an award program uh, with their local Nary chapter, for instance, uh, or, you know, there are a lot of different awards programs out there. And so, well, I say, I think that's the best practice. You absolutely should be submitting these projects for awards programs, but sometimes they, um, they're limiting themselves in terms of the type of photography that they take uh, and they capture as a part of that process because they're aligning the photo shots, uh, the photo list or the shot list, I should say, with the awards criteria. And they don't think to take the photo of the homeowner, the happy home- mm-hmm. homeowner in that space. So that's something that I think is a, uh, is a best practice, but so many people don't adopt, right. is that you should get the photo to have of that happy homeowner. And if they're standing with you, so much the better, mm-hmm. uh, you, uh, you know, the remodeling contractor, because it just reinforces that net promoter score. You know, this is a happy customer who's willing to uh, take a photo with me and clearly they're satisfied with the work that we've done. And if the client has referred you to anyone else, that's something else that should be known. The The other thing is that if that project was submitted for an award and won, making sure you're connecting that dot as well to let all of your prospective clients know that not only did we do beautiful work that our clients love, but it also was award winning and our peers in the industry felt that this was superior work as well. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's a win, 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 win all the way around you can't find a better recipe for convincing someone else to work with you than telling that kind of a story. Tanya, so you're talking a lot about um, some of the strategic ways to use their photo gallery on their website, but what about the technical side of its impact on SEO and the mistakes they're making there? So improperly adding photos to your website can actually hurt you in organic search in a couple of ways. The file size is a, is a great example. The photos that you're placing on your website need to be compressed and optimized uh, for quick display. And Google, as part of their algorithm, tests your load speed for your images. And they will not display you very high in organic search if, uh, if your site loads too slowly, especially since they're um, very concerned about mobile display. Uh, so, you know, that they're emphasizing, you know, we want we want to display sites first in search or prioritize sites that load really quickly, uh, specifically for mobile. They, uh, they, you know, remodeling companies need to spend more time going back now and adjusting their photo galleries if they've made those mistakes in the past. The other thing that, you know, uh, that they've not done effectively is name the projects. Uh, you know, sometimes they're even including the client's last name, which may be an issue with the client in the actual file name, then, uh, and sometimes they just have numbers and digits in as a part of the image name. And really what you want there is the style of the project that you did and even a geo modifier there, like a town name. This is a North Wales kitchen as a, for instance. So this is, uh, these are the types of things that people should be doing. And um, it's a mistake that you, you find a lot on these types of websites. The other uh, issue that they're they're not really taking advantage of alt text. All those images need to have alt text assigned to them. And that is a way that Google can display or tell uh, people who are sight impaired what is on that page because 
Google does absolutely look at that and as a factors that in as a part of your your SEO organic search results. Okay, as so, a as a as a non-technical person, what is alt text? It's just a little snippet, you know, that they put in the code of their website that applies to every image and if they have a WordPress website when, whenever they upload an image, it actually gives them the opportunity to add the alt text then and yes. there. So are there any other tips you have for people who want to really take advantage of their photo galleries, their opportunity to do, tell stories? Are there resources that you could provide also to help people understand how to write those stories? You know, there are certain elements that I think you want to uh, include to make a compelling story and talk about how your client found you in the first place. I always ask that question whenever I interview a homeowner around behalf half of a client, how did you find them? And a lot of times it's great to be able to say they were referred by a friend or a neighbor or a colleague, because I think that's powerful too. Like someone else clearly had thought really highly of them first referred them. And now here's another person who's had a really excellent experience working with them. So I think that just strengthens the, the validity of the story that you're telling. So find out how they found you and mention that as a part of the story. Talk uh, again, you know, incorporate before and after photos. That's another way. And make sure that when you're taking those before photos that you're trying to capture a lot of different angles. I think sometimes the mistake that's made is that they don't have the right angle to show of a before photo. So it's kind of hard to see how well you've transformed a, a specific space. Looking at exterior walls, I think uh, when you're doing projects, a real specific tip would be to make sure that you, you get the before photo of an exterior wall because that's probably, a, there's a window in place or some other telling feature that's gonna make it easy to see that you're looking at the same place that's been transformed. The, um, the next thing would be you know, your client testimonial, make sure that you're, you know, if you can't interview your client, you can look at a, re a review that they gave you, say, on house and uh, and incorporate that, uh, that same quote that they've given you somewhere else into your story, regardless of the, the medium that you're using to, to relate that story. So use the, the voice of the client to help emphasize how successful you were in uh, transforming their home on their behalf. That's great stuff, Tanya. Hey, so I'm about to try to take a stab at telling the story of Tanya through five or six questions. What do you think about that? Let's do it. All right, cool. And now, here's the Remodeler's Advantage Lightning Round. It's a trap! Let's do this. Put 60 seconds on the clock. What's your favorite business book and why? Jeffrey Gittimer's Sales Bible. And I think, I love how it's formatted. And by the way, you, you know, you should go and read about how outstanding customer service, he, he makes a great point about how outstanding customer service is such a great sales tool. And I think that really relates very specifically to what we were talking about today. So go get this book and read that section. If you weren't the managing director of our sister company, RA Marketing, what do you think you'd be doing? I think I'd be a teacher. What are you not very good at? Lying. Your room, your desk, or your car? Which do you clean first? My desk. Do you sing in the shower? Yes, absolutely, all the time. If someone wrote a book about you, what would the title be? Determined to Succeed. 
Cool. So, Tanya, thank you so much for doing this for us. We're really excited about your being part of RA Marketing and we're, uh, the whole development of the company. It's going to be a fantastic new development for, for all the remodelers out there. So, Tanya, how can people find out more about you and about RA Marketing? Well, they can visit us online at www.getramarketing.com. And although our website's currently under construction, our contact information is there. And we will be filling that site with success stories of our own very soon. Mm-hmm. Now, before you go, we want you to share your five words of wisdom with our listening audience. We can always be better. Now, why does that resonate with you? Because I think that the status quo is sort of uh, complacent and, uh, and I feel like we stagnate if we don't always try to strive to achieve more or better. And so I never want to rest on my laurels. I always mm-hmm. feel like we can continually improve what we do personally and professionally. So I'm always constantly striving to um, one-up myself. Mm-hmm. Yes, there you go. You know what? A sentiment that we sh- a sentiment that we share totally. Thank you, Victoria and Mark. It was so much fun to be here. This was my first podcast, believe Ooh. it or not, and, uh, and I, it was a lot of fun. So hopefully, yeah. I can come back again soon. Thank you so much. Yes, we will have you back again for sure, and um, appreciate all the wisdom you've shared. Oh, so that was wonderful. You know, it's kind of interesting how there are all these little tiny bits of information and guidance that can makes such a dramatic impact on a marketing tactic or strategy. There's so much that goes into it. It's no wonder why so many remodelers or all small business owners, for that matter, just don't know where to start because there's so much to now and it's changing every day. I'm really glad she brought up the technical mm-hmm. components of, of photos because that's one thing I see a lot when I review websites. It's mm-hmm. it, it, Even storytelling, you have to tell a story for Google as well. And the Google bots and Google oh. needs to see the story. So, mm-hmm. so to have a picture that's just um, the file name is image eight. Yeah, it doesn't tell Google anything. Right, and it wants to know more mm-hmm. so that it can it can catalog all this stuff for it. So, it's it's really good information t- to be sure. I don't know how any small business owner can handle marketing on their own at this point in time. I, mean, I used to be the person, the go-to person for marketing long before you came along, and before things got so complicated and technical. At this point, there's no way I could do our marketing myself. And run a business. And run a business. It's just I don't have the expertise, you know? Yeah, Yeah. it's very cool. And Tanya's great. And the storytelling is huge, Mm -hmm. huge. I love the point that you got to get down to the why. Mm -hmm. Actually, um, Simon Sinek. Yes, right. um, Start with why. I would actually recommend checking that out. That's a very, very good um, TED Talk. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you want to get to the why of things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm really also excited about Jeffrey Gittimer's book. I've got a couple of his books, the little little red book of networking, I think. That one, so the Sales Bible's one I have not yet read. So that's got a lot of good stuff out of that. So hey, that was a great one. I yes, really that, enjoyed it. That was it. good. That was mm-hmm. good. Yep. We'll have Tanya back on again mm-hmm. soon. And more on marketing. A lot more on marketing. I love marketing. Mm-hmm. That's why I'm Mark. <laughs> Mark in marketing. Okay. It's a good thing my name isn't Dennis, because then I'd have to be a dentist. Yes. <laughs> All right. Well, let's. I think it's time to wrap this up right. now before we go too far astray. All right. Let's send that off to Naomi. All right. This is Victoria Downing. And I'm Mark Harari. Thanks for being here. See you next week. Bye-bye. This has been another episode of Power Tips Unscripted, the remodeler's guide to business. 
Visit www.remodelersadvantage.com to learn more about Roundtables, our world-class peer advisory program. There you can also find information about our business consulting services, upcoming live events, and much more. And finally, don't forget to subscribe to the show and comment on iTunes. Thanks for listening. It's a beautiful day.